o'clock in, man. Welcome to the best Cape Secret Podcast, informally known as the podcast about nothing. My name is CZ Ray, and I will be your host. Before this podcast, as some of you may know, I had a blog. I still have that blog, but this is where I am now. The aim of that blog was to dive in depth into some of my favorite albums, or albums that I thought had a great story to unpack. The plan now, however, is to shift from that space into podcasting. And I wanted to do that because I wanted to make it easier for you guys to digest the content that I'm providing. We live in a time now where most of the really great artists making music about real things are not receiving the same attention as the artists that are making music about nothing. So I figured, since people like music about nothing so much, why not make a podcast about nothing? (laughs) But really, it's about everything. And so now, for the first installment of this review series... I want to start by looking at one of my favorite albums to ever come out of South Africa. It is an album called Nowhere Child by Patrick Lee. My first introduction to Patrick Lee's music was probably his song Inferno Born from his project Diary of an Arsonist. Before that, I had been made aware of him through Instagram. I remember scrolling through the timeline and, you know, I came across his page and yeah, I just saw a bunch of emo, you know, photos and I just thought to myself, yeah, this is not for me. So I kept it moving. It wasn't until much later on when I started seeing him more and more at the hip-hop shows where I would go to CJ Molly perform at. These were the days now where the new wave, as we know it today, was beginning to pick up steam, led by acts such as J. Molly, Letabo Acid, Patrick Lee, and a few others. And then one day, I was on SoundCloud listening to 945 by J. Molly, and then Right afterwards, SoundCloud played Inferno Born. And I vividly remember getting up to reach for my phone so I could see who the hell I was listening to because it didn't sound like anything I'd ever heard before. When I saw the name Patrick Lee, my brain quickly put two and two together and I went to IG and I searched for his profile. And that's where I saw a recent post from him promoting the project Diary of an Arsonist. I must have played that song 20 times that night. I knew I had stumbled upon something really, really special. I hadn't witnessed that level of vulnerability from a South African hip-hop artist in a very, very long time. He was, and still is, that good. I started paying more attention to him at the live shows that I would go to in 2017. And on stage, he carried himself like a rock star. His energy was very unique in comparison to the other New Wave artists who were on the lineup on any given night. Offstage, though, he was very retracted and somewhat distant. If you have ever been to any of these hip-hop shows, then you know how crazy it can get and how crazy the energy is for everyone. 
With Patrick, however, it seemed like the confident, dominant rockstar persona ceased to exist the moment he stepped off stage. In person, he was very mellow, very down to earth. Also, I remember how he always made time for his fans. But I only really realized that after I had been around him a few times, he was never the loudest in the room, you know? And then when he went quiet, literally disappeared off the face of the earth for a while. I was worried a bit, you know? But then when he returned, he returned with the album, Nowhere Child. For me, this album is one of the best albums of the last decade and one of my favorite albums of all time. I know that this is a very, very big statement to make, but that's just how I feel, man. And maybe at the end of this journey of reviewing this album, you might feel the same way too. Sonically, he is not just making hip-hop, he is borrowing elements from a variety of influences such as punk, rock, alternative, uh, so many other genres, man. And in a way, it's somewhat reminiscent of Kid Cudi, especially like early Kid Cudi days. According to Patrick Lee himself, he said he wrote the album while he was in rehab, which explains the themes that he dives into on this record. He said because while in rehab, he wasn't allowed any laptop or whatever, he basically had to not only write the album while inside, but he also started working on the bulk of the production in his head. And then when he got out, it was just a matter of putting two and two together and completing the album in its entirety. This album is one of the most honest, rawest, most heartbreakingly beautiful albums I've heard in recent memory. Given the times we're living in right now where mental illness has become a conversation more people are finally having in the open, an artist like Patrick Lee gives us unfiltered audio snapshots of his own experiences and journey with mental illness and substance abuse. Some of the songs on this album are so honest and vulnerable. The first time I heard them, it felt like, I was eavesdropping or I was invading his privacy just by listening to them. He also did something which I thought was really cool by releasing a digital booklet the day before the album dropped and the booklet featured all the lyrics to the songs and a bit of context to some of the or to all of the songs actually. This was my first indication that the album was going to be very very important but just how important I couldn't have imagined it would be on this level i don't know like i just I, I really want that album to really like truly and truly represent what patrick xx lee's mind looks like i want it to be even though it's an audio i want it to be a visual representation of what my mind looks like yeah. in a note written in the booklet which basically serves as like a prologue to this incredible story he wrote this dear lost family i've been in a very dark place for the longest time with questions running through my head that I just couldn't seem to find the answers to. My journey led me down a somber path of escapism and melancholy, and this album is my process of self-reflection. As I share what's going on in my mind, I hope you can find something to relate to, something that will point you in the right direction for finding your own answers. My actions can either be interpreted as good or bad. My perspective is just a product of the life I've lived 
and the things I've seen and experienced. This album is here to show you that you are not alone. The nowhere is a state of mind where you are neither here nor there. This state of nowhere is where my journey led me, but in a sense, I've always been here. I reached a point in my life where I had to decide whether I would use my pain to grow or let it consume me. The question we must all find an answer to. When listening to this album, pay attention to how every song makes you feel and try to figure out where you stand. It was made with the purpose of making you feel. End quote. So, with that in mind, it is time to get into the album, track by track. This is Nowhere Child by Patrick Lee. Firstly, I'd like you to imagine that there's an actual place called the Nowhere and that this album takes place in that world. According to Patrick Lee, the nowhere is a state of mind. It's the next stage after becoming hollow. His song, Hollow Man, touched on the idea of nomadic experiences. But the nowhere is a place within yourself, an open field or a hole where it's neither hot nor cold. Everything is just still. He said he felt so lost deep within himself that the environment in reality didn't matter at all. According to him, it was like standing still and having the world move around him. Somehow, he was always in the nowhere. In psychology, there's a term known as dissociation. A loose definition of this term basically says that dissociation is when you feel disconnected from your own thoughts or feelings or environment. The result of this is that one's self-identity can be affected or just general self-awareness can be affected. Some of the symptoms include depersonalization where you feel disconnected from your own body and then there's derealization which is feeling disconnected from the world around you and there's also identity confusion where you might not have a sense of who you are. Wouldn't you agree that this is what Patrick was trying to describe when he said he felt so lost deep within himself that the environment in reality didn't matter at all? When he said the nowhere is a place within himself, an open field or a hole where it's neither hot nor cold, everything is just still. He said being in this place felt like he was standing still and having the world move around him. I don't know if you're familiar with the song Hollow Man referenced earlier, but in that song, he has lines such as Little Patty Boy, What a Disgrace, Stop Me From Feeling So Misplaced, This Is a Tale of a Lost Boy, Pay Attention, Tell Me What It Costs Boy, They Say He Wasted His Life, What a Lost Cause. And in the chorus, he says, Some people say I feel too much. I don't want to feel. I felt enough. And, you know, thinking about it, I feel like that's where the idea of the Norway child was born. The intro song to this album opens up with a distorted voice asking questions of what it would take to be loved and accepted. 
As the monster-like voice repeats the words, would you love me more if I look like you, dress like you, talk like you, or walk like you? You're indecisive because you hate my mind and can't define my effing type. Don't classify me. When you hear the voice and these lines repeated, you're compelled to ask the questions, who is this? Why are they asking these things? Is this distorted voice the voice of Patrick or is it representing the monster in his head that he fights on the daily? Also, the line where he says, you're indecisive because you hate my mind and can't define my effing type. Don't classify me. It kind of lets us know that even though he is aware that he is struggling mentally, he doesn't yet know exactly what it could be. And maybe he hasn't been officially diagnosed at this stage, but by the time he gets to the song Sweet Whisper on the album, he kind of alludes to having gone to consult a doctor. I will get into that song a bit later. So then, Patrick kicks off his verse talking about how he feels lost and out of place. He says, Pierce my chest just to see if there's a heart there. Cut my neck just to see if anyone cares. Search my mind, found too many people there. I don't have a map, so I guess I'm going nowhere. And... Right off the gate, we already see him addressing the idea of the Norway child and the idea of having voices in his head. He continues and says, Love and hate, oh, I feel them at the same time. Life or death, they keep telling me the same lies. When listening to this album the first few times, I picked up on the theme of duality and also how Patrick's life seems to be at a contradiction. He wants love but is too damaged to receive it or believe in it. When he is happy, he finds a way to destroy it because maybe he feels like he doesn't deserve to be happy. When he feels the love, he hates himself for knowing that he will mess it up sooner or later because maybe he believes that just like Florence Welsh or Florence and the Machine once put it, sooner or later, the things we love, we lose. But unlike Florence, Patrick doesn't have someone who has the love he needs to see him through. Also, there are certain lies he has been told if he chooses life and there are certain lies he has been told if he chooses death. There are many cons if he chooses to stay in this world, in the state that he is in, but there are also many cons if he chooses to leave it. It's the classic, damned if I do, damned if I don't. He finds it difficult being alive, but also can't face death as an option. And so he surrounds himself with people as a way of distraction from his own mind, but he despises those very same people he surrounds himself with. In the second verse, he keeps repeating the line, Why am I surrounded by the people that I despise? And another line that's also repeated many times in the second half of the song is the line, You're going nowhere fast, reinforcing the nowhere child narrative. And we can assume that this is the demons talking to him. Essentially, this song serves as the perfect introduction to the roller coaster of a story that is the Norway child. 
every line holds weight and nothing feels like it was just said just for the sake of filling in the silence. It's all very intentional. You can tell that he spent a good amount of time conceptualizing this. Also, the production on here is just insane, man. Like every track is just banger after banger after banger, you know? So just from this song alone, Patrick lets us know that he is a troubled human being. There's a lot going on in his life and in his head. So what's his escape? Alcohol is one of those. And this leads us into the second track of the album, Conte Morgan. Have you ever heard someone say mental health and substance abuse do not go well together? Essentially, this song is what happens when you ignore that advice and try to numb your pain with alcohol. In this part of the story, we see Patrick try to drink his pain and problems away, but ultimately fails. What happens as a result of this reckless behavior is that he basically flips his world into a complete chaotic playground. He details what this cycle of a journey actually entails for him, from just drinking a little to cope with human interaction to fully sinking into a pool of alcoholism. I thought the concept of this song was very creative and it was a very clever way to talk about how some people use alcohol to deal with mental illness because not only is he just talking about his alcohol abuse, he is also making reference to the famous Captain Morgan alcoholic drink. Personally, I don't drink and so I don't know what it's like to be so drunk to the point where you numb the pain and escape your thoughts that eat at your sanity when you're sober. But this is what Patrick is trying to do here. It is a desperate attempt at trying to fight the demons, but no matter how much he tries to fight it, it always gets to a point where he can't tame himself any longer, and that's when he turns to the bottle for an escape. And that's when the monster living in his head takes full control. This is a cycle he goes through on a regular basis. He kicks off verse 1 by saying, Slumped out on the couch, I'm blacking out, but I'm awake. So you already know what I was ideal, but all the confidence was fake. I just tried to appeal, trying to be someone you could take. But it took all my feels and made me someone you were hate. Thought I was keeping it real, but all the smoke and I can say it's been taking control. Now I'm just mumbling again, taking shot after shot. I'm out my mind, I kill my brain. He then goes on to talk about how he was born to die, and also talks about how. When he's drunk, a violent side of him comes out. He then closes the verse by saying, Blaming everyone while I'm sitting atop my high horse. But the horse was high as my self-respect on a slow course. Journey down the bottle, my GPS on a fast route. Now you look at me the same way you would look at that dude. Like many self-destructive people, Patrick finds a way to blame it on everyone and everything but himself for how things turn out as a result of his behavior. What he thought would just be a dip has now turned into a situation where he finds himself deep in the alcohol and he now has to deal with the sobering consequences. In the second verse, he talks about how he can't even hear the voices in his head because of how deep under it all he is. He says, I can't even recall... 
I'm trapped in a free fall. Run from the rum or run to the gun. This whole theme of swimming and alcoholism reminds me of Kendrick Lamar's breakout hit, Swimming Pools. And that song reminds me of a short story by John Shiver called The Swimmer. In the Kendrick Lamar song, he talks about growing up in an environment where you are either a casual drinker or an all-out drunk. Sticking to the theme of using swimming as a metaphor for alcoholism, Kendrick recalls memories of his granddad with the golden flask backstroking in a pool of alcohol every day in Chicago. In the second verse of Swimming Pools, Kendrick opens that verse with the voice that represents his conscience, warning him that if he continues with the excessive drinking, he will be history. Translation, dead. Okay, now open your mind up and listen to me, Kendrick. I'm in your conscience. If you do not hear me, then you will be history, Kendrick. This is also true for Patrick on his own song here when he says one bottle down now I'm heading to the store asking myself how the F can I take more my liver taking beatings and just like how Kendrick had a voice in his head warning him to slow down or else he'll hurt himself so too does Patrick when he says don't go behind the wheel is what the voice in my head would say but I'm so underwater, I can't even hear what my voice is saying. At this point, Patrick is in a terrible state, and not only is he trying to escape his thoughts and regrets, he is hoping to find that escape in the bottle, an escape from his own thoughts and the voices in his head. This leads us to track number three on the album, Sweet yeah. Whisper. Yeah. In this song, Patrick gives his demons an identity, or a face, so to speak. He lets us in on how these demons think and what they want from him. He vividly details his battle with them. Earlier, I mentioned how Patrick's story seems to be at a contradiction. And now I also think it's because of some kind of multi-personalities living within him. The good and the bad. And in this song, we get to see how the evil is trying to destroy and take control of his good side. This is a song about the journey into Patrick's head and the voices that lead him to do the good or bad things. I say good or bad because I feel like we all have two voices in our heads. The one that influences us to do good and the one that influences us to do the bad things. The one that leads us astray, basically. It all just depends on which one you choose to feed into more. In the words of Patrick himself, he said, Whichever side you feed the most will speak the loudest. The chorus for this song is a chilling account of what it's like to battle voices and night terrors. 
The previous track reminded me of Kendrick Lamar's swimming pools. This one here reminds me of Bury a Friend by Billie Eilish. I will get into the why just now. Even though most of Patrick's writing style on this album is very direct and not too layered for the most part, what stands out the most for me is how he finds ways to tie a bunch of lines together by incorporating references from previous lines. For example, he says, Starve my mind, no food for thought at dinner time. See an idle mind got plenty space for parasites. Here he talks about how maybe killing his demons by way of starving them will free him from this mental prison he currently finds himself in. And then he goes deeper into this by using wordplay that can be tied to the first line when he says, An idle mind got plenty space for parasites. Starve, food, parasites. Get it? (laughs) Patrick continues in the chorus and says, I'm the one inside your wardrobe when you turn in off the lights. Can't see me on your chest while you sleep and paralyzed. Here it sounds like he is perhaps alluding to some kind of nightmare or sleep paralysis. And this is where the Billie Eilish parallel kicks in. Essentially, Billie's album, When We All Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go, is about nightmares and mental illness. Each song details a specific type of nightmare, including sleep paralysis. On her song, Bury a Friend, and a few other songs on the album, she talks about how this thing controls you. In the music video for Bury a Friend, she is being pushed and pulled by a bunch of gloved hands while she seems to be not in control of anything, much like what happens in an episode of Sleep Paralysis. So this ties in nicely with Patrick when he says, I'm the one inside your wardrobe when you're turning off the lights, can't see me on your chest while you're asleep and paralyzed. In verse 1 of this song, Patrick Lee starts off by saying, Doctor lied when he told you my name. This could mean that he has finally gone and consulted a doctor or a psychiatrist in hopes to make sense of what's wrong with him. Remember what I said about the intro track earlier? How the lines, you're indecisive because you hate my mind and can't define my type. Don't classify me. That line was kind of letting us know that even though he was aware that he was struggling mentally, he hadn't yet gone to a doctor to get consulted professionally. And so he didn't know exactly what the issue was, what was wrong with him. And so now in this song, he is saying that the monster in his head is saying that the doctor lied to him when he told him what was wrong. Yeah, doctor lied when he told you my name. Run inside and out above and low and I have came. Not because I could, but because you called on me instead. Staying with references from the intro, remember how in the intro he said, pierce my chest just to see if there's a heart there, cut my neck to see if anyone cares. And now a few songs later he says, you called on me instead, not with your voice but with your thoughts in your head. And sometimes it's okay to want to stab him in the neck. Just make sure before you leave the body really dead. I really love this because 
it shows that there is indeed an actual story being told and every song and every line is stitched together. Everything is meant to be the way it is. And if you need any more proof of how well thought out this body of work is, in the intro he says, pierce my chest just to see if there's a heart there. And now a couple chapters later, he says, I think I find it fun to play with all my women's hearts because here's a little secret. I didn't have one from the start. And so right there we can see that, you know, he's tying everything back to what he was saying in the beginning. You know, in the beginning, he's trying to see if he has a heart. And now he's saying, well, jokes are new. You can't, you know, you, you can't break my heart because I didn't have one from the start. <laughs> Track one, the intro to nowhere, we were introduced to an overview of Patrick's mind and troubled life. Track two, Conte Morgan, we saw some of the destructive ways in which he chooses to calm his troubled mind. Track three, Sweet Whisper, we saw just how not in control he is. And when things get dark and the demons come out to play, just how bad it can really get for him. Now, we are moving on to track four, Hurts to Feel, which serves as the fourth and final track of the first chapter of this album. writing my initial album review on my blog I said that for me personally this was the song on the album that I heard for the first time and thought about it a lot long after I had finished the album. This remains true even today. This is the moment in the story where Patrick is starting to come to terms with the terrifying reality and is now looking to face it instead of running away from it. Patrick once said that the mind really does control your reality and sometimes when you can't seem to find the good in anything or appreciate what you have, it becomes hard to feel anything at all. When it comes to mental health, it is common to hear people saying things like mind over matter. But sometimes it's not that simple. It's hard to see things from that perspective when you're buried in your own pain, buried in your own self-destructive debris. Patrick Lee said that dealing with emotional issues is something most people struggle with because it feels like your mind is working against you. The longing for stability but not knowing how to get there or where to even start. It makes being truly happy seem like an impossible task and the disappointment of not having it only increases how bad you feel. In this song, he is no longer trying to run away from these emotions and thoughts but instead he's accepting and embracing it. This is the start of the healing process, the journey of leaving nowhere, going elsewhere. When you start having honest conversations with yourself and it's been going on for days or weeks and the tone is getting softer and the words are getting kinder, that's how you know you're growing and healing. But it has to get ugly before it is beautiful and this song gets right into the thick of the ugly. 
the song doesn't have an actual chorus. It's basically just two verses back to back and a bridge. And I think this was done intentionally because this sort of structure makes the song feel like an uninterrupted stream of conscience. He kicks off the first verse by saying, See, now I've come to realize that it hurts to feeling the way he is feeling on this song hurts more than any kind of physical injury not being able to trust your own mind and thoughts being in too much pain to feel and so you'd rather be numb it reminds me of a book by David Foster Wallace called Infinite's Jest. There's this one moment in the book where he talks about what it's like for a person who is head deep in their depression. And basically he says that this so-called psychotically depressed person who tries to kill herself doesn't do so out of, quote, hopelessness or any abstract conviction that life's assets and debts do not square. And surely not because death seems suddenly appealing. The person in whom its invisible agony reaches a certain undurable level will kill herself the same way a trapped person will eventually jump from a window of a burning building. He goes on and says, Make no mistake about people who leap from burning windows. Their terror of falling from a great height is still just as great as it would be for you or me standing speculatively at the same window just checking out the view. I.e., the fear of falling remains a constant. The variable here is the other terror, the fire's flames. When the flame gets close enough, falling to death becomes the slightly less terrible of the two terrors. It's not desiring the fall, it's terror of the flames. And yet nobody down on the sidewalk looking up and yelling don't or yelling hang on can really understand the jump. Not really. You would have to have personally been trapped and felt the flames to really understand a terror way beyond falling. Now, I know some people who have been suicidal and others, you know, who continue to fight this fight. And when I asked one of them about this analogy from David Foster Wallace, they said that the one thing missing from this description is the amount of time. It isn't minutes of trying to avoid or put out the fire. It's months or years. Part of it is that you can only fight the fire for so long before your lungs choke with smoke and your limbs are limp with fatigue. And imagine people not believing that there's a fire or people saying that the fire isn't bad enough for an extinguisher or that you're weak for having a fire or needing a fire extinguisher in the first place. This is the reality for a lot of people who struggle with any kind of depression. As we have already seen in the previous songs, Patrick Lee is experiencing a great deal of suffering. Attachment causes suffering and ego keeps you from realizing this. If you kill your ego, you free yourself from any attachment and ultimately experience a whole lot less suffering. I will touch on this idea of attachment again in the, th in the third uh, chapter of this album when I talk about the song Never Paradise. 
one of my favorite songs by Patrick Lee. If I could, I would pick one line that stands out the most on this song, but it would be an injustice to the rest of the lyrics because, you know, he says things like, you see the picture that I paint, can't tell this happiness is fake. I feel so dead when I'm awake. I crumble underneath this weight. Don't know what's wrong with me today. Tell everyone that I'm okay. I think I'm sick. They don't believe. Your advice doesn't work for me. In the second verse, he goes even deeper and says, You think it's just so black and white. I'm so afraid to close my eyes. Nightmares won't let me sleep at night. Laughter became my new disguise. Can't look nobody in the eyes, wondering if I am my own demise. I still feel low when I get high. Something is wrong, and I don't know why. This song ends with him in a very emotional state as he sings the words, My mind is hell, my mind is hell. As he just repeats it over and over and over again until the song comes to a close. This is the perfect segue into the next song and the next chapter of this album. The song is called Idle Minds and it features Jay Molly. I will get into this song and the rest of chapter 2 on the next episode of this series. But if you made it this far, I really, really, really appreciate it, man. Uh, come join me again for the next one. Until next time, peace and love.